Knowledge is power, and we are all about empowering the mamas of the world. In each episode, we will unravel and interpret the latest research and evidence-based practices for pregnancy, postpartum, and motherhood. As mums and researchers ourselves, we have experienced firsthand the overwhelming complexity of information, myths, and those classic old wives' tales. I'm Dr. Renee White. And I'm Dr. Mika Petucci. And, and this, this is... is- the Science of Motherhood. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of The Science of Motherhood. I'm your co-host, Dr. Renee White, and she's back. Dr. Mika Batucci is back in the co-host hot seat. She's kind of moonlighting back from her maternity leave, so she will be joining us for this first episode, our first episode back for 2022, and then she's still going to be on a little bit of maternity leave, so there'll be a few episodes without her, but she will be returning soon after her little Bubba has had his first birthday. So very, very exciting to have her back. As you may know, we are the partners in crime of the mother-loving business Fill Your Cup in Melbourne, Victoria and Hobart, Tasmania in Australia. We are postpartum doulas, we are soul nurturers, we provide in-home care and postpartum-specific meals for the beautiful mamas of Melbourne and Hobart. If that is something that you are interested in exploring or you know someone who really desperately needs some help, whether it be with their newborn or their toddler, postpartum is for life. So we've, in fact, been having quite a few groups of friends who are perhaps interstate or they can't be with a particular friend who has moved away from them. And we've been getting some really beautiful messages from friends who have all been chipping in to purchase either a gift voucher or some meals or like a full-blown six-week package for their friend who they just cannot support during this time. So, That would be really, really beautiful. If you've got someone in mind, please reach out and contact us at hello at ifillyourcup.com or just flick us a DM on Instagram at fillyourcup underscore. So back to the episode. We're talking about how to build a village. Now, we talk about this in our prenatal sessions with all our FYC mamas before the baby arrives, and we tell them this is the time that we need to start thinking about and start preparing to build your village. Because as you'll hear from Mika and myself, motherhood should not be done alone. Okay. And so you see people who are like, you've got to build your village, build your village. What does that actually mean and how do you do it? So in today's episode, we are breaking it down to five simple steps and we're going to walk you through it. Mika and I are going to talk to you about our experiences, both finding a village and preparing to find a village when you've got a newborn child. And then also for all those playing at home, I moved from Melbourne to Hobart last year. And so I had to kind of go back to square one and start finding a new village in my new community. And my daughter is four and a half now. So 
I couldn't lean on a mother's group or a play group or something like that. So I'm going to provide some insight and some of my experiences with building your village when your children are a little bit older. So I hope you take away just a few little nuggets of gold from this and possibly put them into action for yourself. Or if you are part of a village, keep your eyes peeled for some other new parents in the area and invite them in. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Please let us know if you are building a village or that you're looking for a village. DM us, email us, connect with us. We'd love to hear about your experiences as well so we can share those nuggets of gold with our listeners and followers on social media. Here is Mika and myself talking about building a village. Hello and welcome back, Mika Batucci. She's back, everyone. Thank you. So happy to be back. I'm back. Took me a little while to get my technical difficulty difficulty sorted, but I am back and on the air and so happy to be here. And Renee, what an excellent job you've been doing while I've been on maternity leave. I have loved listening to the podcast and hearing your voice and your wisdom. I I, really have. I really thought that Um, when you would be back, we would be doing this like sitting side by side or like opposite one another. Who would have thunk it? Moving to Tassie, I um, I still remember dropping that bomb on you. <laughs> Me too. Well, this is what happens. Life takes you in all it different does. directions, and um, you know we can still connect now, and hopefully, we're going to see I know, you very I'm soon. Very anyway. excited now. Today, as we would have outlined in the introduction, we are going to talk about how to build a village. We see it so many times all across Instagram and social media, and we even bang on about it ourselves to all of our FYC mamas. Got to get your village, got to get your village organized before you have your baby. And also we're going to talk about you've had your baby. I'm four and a half years postpartum, and we're going to talk about moving and finding a new village because that is something that really was quite difficult for me. I'm six months into living here at Tassie Mm. and I have learnt a few lessons along the way around building that village and trying to leverage off the advice that we would be giving to our mamas. So I think to kind of kick it off, we're going to work through about, you know, five steps of like how to build your village. The first step (laughs) is starting to get comfortable with the idea of building a village because it's, you say that to people and they're like, oh my God, I don't know what that means. And it's, I think, and we were discussing this offline, Mika, that it's very different for introverts versus extroverts. Mm. You're very much an introvert. I'm an extrovert, but it's equally as difficult. Do you want to take the floor? How How is it that you would kind of start to feel comfortable with it as an introvert? What are the thoughts that you're kind of feeling? Well, I think is, oh, 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, obviously being an introvert, it is tough putting yourself out there and mingling, especially when you are, you know, tired and vulnerable already from motherhood. And it is, you know, often introverts really enjoy just being on their own and that's how they get their energy back. But you do need your village. So, you know, and it doesn't have to be a huge village as well. You just need to connect with even to be honest, it can just be one or two other mamas or friends to be in your village. So I think, look, I think like we've said before, it shouldn't be done alone. Mm-hmm. It needs to be a team sport. You can try Good and do it on that. your own, but it's much, <laughs> exactly. And it is so much more fun going through it with people, whether it's, you know, mother's group, family, friends, or a combination. So for me, I think just accepting, you know, we are living like we've discussed before. We're in nuclear families. It's broadcast that we do this on our own and we do it very successfully. So I think the first thing for me, for anyone, introvert, extrovert, is like you said, mm-hmm. let's not do this on our own. Mm-hmm. We do need the village and that's just a given. And it's so many other cultures, it's just standard practice. It's not you need help or you're not coping. So, yeah, I think realising that you need it and, you know, gosh, You are going to have to put yourself out there, which for me is probably my second step in terms of being vulnerable. You do need to show the real you, which is, I think, really important. And like we discussed as well, when you are, you know, you're going to have to let people witness Mm -hmm. the good and the bad experiences that you have in motherhood. And if anyone says that they only have the good, Mm -hmm. it's not quite true. In my personal experience, it's everything. It's a roller coaster. But by being vulnerable with people and your village, you will lead to deeper connections and more authentic relationships, which I think introvert, extrovert, everyone wants that. I don't think anyone wants a superficial village. But like we were saying, like I don't really like small talk and that's an introvert thing. You just want to connect with someone. But to get to that step, you've got to do, you know, somewhat small talk and build those connections to see if you're finding the right people. And then before you know it, you're going to be in that sweet spot of like intent, you know, not intense conversations doesn't sound appealing. I'm thinking of some of my extrovert friends who'd be like, oh, so Mika. But just connecting with that group that's going to be there for you. So I think you're not doing it on your own and you've got to put yourself out there in terms of being vulnerable. And it is hard, but at the same time, there's so mm. much to gain, I think, that introvert, extrovert. Exactly. And I also I just want to flag, you and I were talking the other week and we were discussing how – Women are always like portrayed, particularly mothers. Oh, she's a she's a superhero mum. Mm. She's a superhero oh mum. And someone, I forget who it was, called it out and said, "This is BS. Stop, yeah. stop perpetuating this superhero kind of phenomenon because this is why women think." that they can do it all by themselves because we're perpetuated as this Wonder Woman. I look, look, everyone knows I'm a massive comic fan and I love Wonder Woman. But what did I say to you? I think I text back and said, that's it. It is now an FYC policy that we never refer to mummers as superheroes. Rubber stamp that, boom, it's not happening ever again because that's what happens in our heads and certainly happened for me that I was like, I can do it all. I don't need other people's help. I'm not going to be vulnerable because if I am, then people are going to see the weakness in me. And that's just absolute craziness. Now I look back and think, oh, my God, Renee, why did you do that? You were just like setting yourself up for a big fail there. So I think being like having a bit of a moment of like, you know what? 
it's actually going to be better for me both mm. mentally, physically, emotionally to share the experience with other people in the village because I still remember being up at 3 a.m. on the WhatsApp group, you know, with my village going, is mm. anyone else awake? I'm really struggling right now. And it took me a while to get to that point. And how nice is it having people to respond to that that have got your back and they're going through either the same thing or a similar thing or they can understand. But I look back to the superhero thing, like who doesn't like being thought of as a Wonder Woman to do it all? It feels good, right? And then it's like, oh, so I can do it all. I can do it all. Yeah, you can, but not for very long and it's not very fun. So we really don't recommend that you do that. And I try very hard, like, if someone said that to me, I'm like, no, 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 actually I'm just, you know, it's hard. It's a juggle. Like some days I do. Yesterday I had actually one of my toughest days of mothering ever and it was so challenging and I just had to lean into my village. And I know that people are there and they've got my back and there's no judgment, but that's after mm. building a village already. But you do need to be vulnerable. So letting people in so they, we said before, let mm-hmm. them see your mess you know, whatever it is, like literally in your house or you as a person, otherwise you're going to be the mess. Because I remember turning up at a play centre with my mother's group, first baby, first time around, and my daughter was not the best sleeper. And I was just, I was just tired. And so I turned up, they were all there having a great time, five other girls and their kids. I couldn't even say hello. I just started crying. And they're like, oh, and it was, I was so supported. There was no judgment. And I was so happy to be vulnerable because I needed Mm -hmm. to have that outlet. And partners can be really great, but often it's nice to have a really empathetic ear of someone who's been through, you know, not just tired, like sleepless nights. So yeah, no superheroes here. Just trying to do the best we can and say, like I said, no to something. I was supposed to be at the fashion festival last night and I said a big fat no, stayed in with my slippers on and just took it really easy. I could have gone, but I know I would have been really tired today and it was not what I needed. So anyway, it's getting a bit off topic in terms of like self-care. Yeah, that's no superheroes, group sport and being vulnerable. Yeah. I'm like we, you know. I think that's what we do on this podcast as well. I've had people comment how nice it is that we, you know, we're not portraying a unrealistic you know, expectation, a fallacy of motherhood. <laughs> like we're both in like, sweats. And <laughs> I dress up occasionally, but that's um, yeah, and yeah, that's nice to do, right? Like, there's no judgment for doing any of that stuff. But yeah, I think the next thing for me was it is hard at times putting yourself out there. Does that go in line with what you want uh, to do? Yes. So we've talked about getting comfortable with the idea. So once once you're there, once you're comfortable, the next step is obviously step two. You've got to find like-minded mums, people in your village who you can, you, you can connect with, that have that deep connection with because there's no point in like, you know, the whole chalk and cheese scenario. You're not going to build those deep connections. You're not going to build that trustworthy kind of relationship because I think for me the ideal scenario of building your village is you want someone who if the shit hit the fan then you could get them to pick your kid up from school in the long term or you could call them and be super vulnerable and be like, oh, my God, I'm having the worst day. Can you just come over and have a cup of tea with me or sit with me and watch a movie or or whatever it is? So you've got to find like-minded mums. And I think this is a really good part 
I don't know about you, Mika. Well, actually, I do know about you. You have got an amazing mother's group. (laughs) My mother's group was good. I didn't have a super deep connection with anyone and I kind of feel like we need to talk about this because mother's groups are like school. You turn up, you have no choice whatsoever in the matter, and you get thrown into a classroom with people who if you met them out on the street, you may or may not actually be friends with them because you have that kind of wider choice. Mother's groups to me are like that. And you raised something earlier, which I was like, what? I didn't even know you could do that. Tell us, what was it? Yeah, I've got a secret. A girlfriend told me, because as you were saying, like typically with mother's groups, in my experience from my friends, you either hit it off and you see each other for years or there's no connections and it fizzles out really quickly. doesn't really seem to be any in between. And my girlfriend said if you don't like the group you've been put in with, you can ask to be put in a new group. You have a choice, you have options, and you can keep being put in a new group until you click. And so she, in her first mother's group that she was put in with with her son, her firstborn, she didn't click. So she got put into a second one and she still sees them. Five years later, he's five, just started school, and she sees them still regularly. So I think there's just knowing Mm -hmm. that's an option and keep, you've got to work and, you know, not push boundaries, but say, okay, I didn't click with my mother's group. Can I go into another group or the next group that comes through or another group at a different maternal child health center? So you need to be proactive as well, I think, and know that Mm -hmm. that's even an option. And so that's, yeah, that was, look, I love my mother's group and I feel really lucky to have had that and to have that too. We've also had our second babies mostly at the same time, Mm. which has been lovely. But again, you know, you can always ask. You don't always get one with your second baby unless I think you've moved location or there's like 10 years between. But you can always ask to go back and join another group. Like it's different, I think, in your situation than an older child. (laughs) Hi, can I join a group? Everyone's like, what? Where's your baby? Where's the four-year-old? Oh, she's at kinder. (laughs) She's very advanced. (laughs) So, yeah, if you're not happy with the people you've been put with, I would definitely be asking for another group or another group until you find a click Mm. because you will. And it's such a great resource but it's true like you go to this and you need to put yourself out there you're just being put in a room with other people that just because you all had a baby and I was lucky enough that I did hit it off and I've made some really beautiful friends but in terms of village and trusting people that's the thing you want they've got my back I know that if I something happened and I needed them they would either come to my house because most of them still live close one of the girlfriends Mm -hmm. moved away so I think you'll touch on that Mm -hmm. with your Tassie experience but they'll have my back, no judgment, because we've all been, we've all seen each other's ups and downs, and it's actually a really beautiful thing. So I would definitely try to get that happening. But I also wanted to make a point on, like, in terms of finding this village, mm-hmm. be creative. Mm-hmm. This can be fun. It doesn't have to be work. So obviously, a mothers group is a great new way to meet mothers. But also, like, just think about, you know. I put a post up the other day where we were on holidays and we'd forgotten the Panadol for our son who was teething. Oh, and we're in a, like a beach town where everything closes at like Or it doesn't even open on a Sunday. Like, I was going to say, I was like, word up, Tazzy. <laughs> My butcher is not open on a Sunday. And I'm like, what? Neither's oh, mine. Okay. Well, that's unheard of in and Melbourne. I'm in Melbourne. 
Really? No, they close at like 2 p.m. on a Saturday and that's it wow. to Monday. It always catches me out. I know. Anyway, though, and I reached out to girlfriends who I went to school with, so mm-hmm. I grew up in this area, and I haven't been down there. I haven't spoken to them in ages, and I know some of them have had kids, and we very mm-hmm. rarely keep in touch. Like, it had been years, and I just texted a few of them because I knew they've got kids, they're around the corner, and they had it. And it's like just think about your village. It might have been a friend mm-hmm. that you've lost touch with who's had a baby the same time you've had your first or your second or whatever it is. Or, you know, even like your sister-in-law's friend that you've always had a nice relationship with, has she just had a baby at a similar time to you? Are you pregnant together? I think it's about being creative and seeing where there's some Mm pre-existing opportunities to get together and work your village out. Like you can have lots of separate little villages. It doesn't have to be just like a mother's group of like 10 people and that's it, you're done because – you know, you can have villages there. But I, I, for me, it's like I was like, oh, I haven't spoken to this person in a long time. Do you have this Panadol? And she's like, anytime you need any baby stuff down the beach, and other people offered similar things. It was lovely. But even for me, my sister-in-law, some of her friends, like mm. I connect really well with them. And she doesn't have kids, but we do. And it's a really lovely way to build a village. So I think being creative is fun. And I think you touched on other ways you can get out and meet people through Yeah, joining. so it – it was, I, I mean, we, we lived in a, you know, very community kind of minded suburb in Melbourne, in Kensington. And it's interesting because I moved there when I was 32 weeks pregnant. So I knew no one, which is one of the reasons why my <laughs> postpartum was so rubbish. Hang on. This is the not Yeah, what, this is, this is so do. we always joke. FYC is essentially, we represent it <laughs> through one coin Mika is one side of the coin, I'm the other side. Renee's is do not do this. And if you do, please learn from my mistakes. And Mika's is this is one of the ideal ways of having a great postpartum. So we packed up our one-bedroom apartment and when I was 30 weeks pregnant, yeah, do not recommend that, check, moved to (laughs) a brand-new suburb, which P.S. had never heard of, and I knew no one. I knew absolutely no one. And that mother's group was the first kind of connection that I had made with other people within the community. And as I said, they weren't bad. They were fine, but I just didn't have, I don't feel like I had a really great connection with many people within the group. Um, We didn't, I didn't do a lot of extracurricular things and maybe that was down to a few things for me because I was still struggling with the concept that I needed help and that I needed to be vulnerable and then that was okay because I know there was other people in the group who were doing extra stuff. But I think there was a tipping point for me when I realised, shit, this is really hard and I can't do this and I think I went through like a massive postnatal kind of anxiety stage and then I was like, okay, I'm going to have to start asking for help. And only then was it I was kind of forced to for my mental health to get out a bit more. I would go to the park more with Eva and we built some really, really beautiful friendships with other families within the suburb. And so I've taken those lessons and tried to adapt them to my move here to Tassie. 
So trying to, for example, here in Tassie, they've got this great program up at every single primary school. It's called Launch Into Learning. I think all primary schools all across Australia should do this. And the reason is, is that you're able to take your child up to the primary school once a week for an hour and a half each time. And they interact with the kinder teacher there, which PS, kinder is actually at the primary school in Tasmania. It's not at a separate entity. And so you're able to take your child there from the age of two to five And you go every week and you're interacting with all the other parents and all the other kids for like Mm. a maximum of three years before they even turn up on the doorstep for that first day of kinder. And so I had heard about this program and as soon as we were out of quarantine, I started going because that was the way that I met other families Mm. who live in the exact same area as us. I also shoved my head over the fence to the neighbours, introduced myself straight away and was like, hi, I mean, you know, you can hear their kids in in the... There's lucky buggers <laughs> well, next door Well, you to know you. what? It I'm kind curious. of paid off because in quarantine we were allowed to leave the house be- if we were in the backyard. We were allowed to go out the front if we were putting the... Um, the bins out and things like that, getting the mail. But we were out in the backyard and obviously social distancing and all that kind of stuff. So no one DM us or report us. But <laughs> but like we would be like having conversations with our neighbours and serendipitously they had small children as well. One of the kids is exact same age as Eva and, you know, we exchanged numbers and it was so nice because in quarantine, you know, they went to the local cafe and they were texting us going, hey, we're doing a coffee run. Did you want a coffee? Mm -hmm. We can drop it off at the front door and, you know, ring the doorbell and run. Uh, One of the reasons why I loved the fact that our new house had an amazing big veggie patch and, you know, it's pretty much like an orchard here. There's apples and everything Mm. was the fact that I'm growing fruit and veggies. And so I'm giving them to the neighbors and the people surrounding and the people that I met at launch into learning and, and things like that. So it's creating those opportunities to kind of connect with those people and it was, I tell you what, it was really hard though. It's like, I found like, it's like dating because, you know, you're trying to find these like-minded people and people that you like vibe with and dating's exhausting. Like it really is. Cause you're like, Oh God, we just need to get through. Like, as you say, the small talk. Um, but I really want to know what this and I yeah. never want to see you again. <laughs> I'm just here for the free meal, you know. But finding like-minded people is really, really tough. It can be really, really tough. But you have to put yourself out there first to see if that's even going to work out. So that, yeah, go. Just make a point on that. Sorry, lovely. Like I think, yeah, you need to have lots of compatibility there, but they don't have to be like totally oh, like-minded no. and no. Have all the same. Like, you know. Some of the girls my mother's group had like the total, I'm just saying like the total opposite ideas and experiences mm-hmm. for their sleep mm-hmm. training, what they did with their kids yep. to what I would do Yeah, and we're still best buddies. So like I think just making that clear, like don't feel like you've got to find someone who's got no, all No, you're not exact, finding your twin. You know, you can have someone who, no. no, but I agree. You need to find people that you trust and you, you know, you yeah. just connect with, but they can have different opinions on 
feeding or baby led weaning or, you know, purees or discipline or whatever it is, like, and you can still hold, like, don't think, oh, this person's not the right fit for me. You can still hold a beautiful friendship and a village there. I agree. But I agree. I think putting yourself out there and I've just done that now. So my eldest daughter has just started kinder and I've joined the kinder committee. Mm. So we've moved house again. We did all of our lots of moves and we're staying put for a while. So I've joined the kinder committee. So I'm on the three-year-old committee and I have, you know, monthly meetings, but it's such a great way to, you know, interact with the other mums that are there. And some of them are four-year-old mums, which is totally fine as well. But I know I'm creating a village. I'm actually, we've got a meeting tonight. I'm looking forward to seeing them all because it's social Mm. and it's fun. And my mother-in-law keeps saying to me, like, the friends you make through kinder and school are going to be some of your best friends ever and people that you can say, oh, can you pick the kids up from here or can you do that? She's like, this is such a beautiful time in your life for these friendships and most of their friends are from Mm -hmm. their kids' schooling. And it is a really beautiful experience. And, like, so I've got to do extra work for the kinder now. Like, I'm the social and fundraising secretary, which I do in my spare time. But I'm happy to do it because, one, it's great for the kinder and my daughter knows I'm involved and I care about what she's doing and I'm lucky enough to have the time to do it. It's often once they're in bed. But, two, I know I'm starting to build. I've already had a few little connections and it's lovely. And even with our three-year-old group, like, we're doing coffee next week. And, like, the first time we all met up, it was like, Okay, no one knows anyone. Um, and I know in a few months' time we'll be out having lovely dinners yeah. and wines and talking about, you know, everything. And it's just I think as women we've got such a yearning for connection and I think it's there if we just bring those yeah. barriers down, put ourselves out there. In lots of, and I think as well the last point I wanted to make is one of my girlfriends when she moved overseas, she held off having kids until she'd made some solid friendships and they just weren't happening for her. And so they went ahead and had kids and she was like, oh, through yeah. having kids. So if you don't get it through your mother's group, don't worry, it's coming. Having kids is like such an easy way if you want to do it to put yourself out there yeah. to make friends in villages in lots of different areas and just beautiful friendships and connections, which is honestly a really beautiful part. Like it's necessary yeah. because, you know, when the, sh- when the stuff <laughs> You can the say fan, shit, I've already dropped literally it. Literally or figuratively. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. I wasn't sure. I'm used to little ears around. Anyway, I so, yeah, I think that's great what you're doing. And you are, like you said, you you know, so hire people in the supermarket and at the playground I put myself yeah. out there and start chatting because you just, you know, even if it is yeah. just a one-off, maybe that person needed that connection that day yeah. and they needed that chat. And that's it. And that's fine. But you're not going to know until you to actually put yourself out there, you know, hound yeah. them like I do. I agree. So I guess that's kind of like our step two and step three. It's like find like-minded people and be a bit creative about how you're going to find them. Yeah. Because like, you know, talk, yeah, yeah talk Have to your neighbours. It, it yeah. might work. It they might, might think that exactly. you're like that weirdo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> person or whatever it is but you will find someone you'll find someone oh okay and so that's the other thing that I wanted to mention so if you're not brave enough to do it in person there's a lot of Facebook groups so when I'm when I was like okay we're moving to Tassie I joined this Facebook group called are you ready for it that's it we're moving to Tassie and there's so many people on there and it was really really great great resource because you learned about things like what removalists to use 
or not to use, yeah. Or not use. <laughs> what was going on with the spirit of Tasmania, like, you know, how to, how to get your Who car you? across and, like, all these, like, fun and exciting things that you do when you move. But it also created this opportunity where people were like, hey, we've just moved and we're out of quarantine. Is there anyone in the area who wants to catch up for a coffee who is also new and looking to make new friends and stuff like that? So there's always an opportunity via social media. Obviously, you know, be careful. (laughs) But, like, you know, it's Tassie. It's pretty safe here. But... Have a look on on Facebook groups and things like that. So yeah, yeah, go. Can I add one more thing? You've just I totally agree. So this is a non-child mm-hmm. village building tip. So I did something which my partner picked on me for, but when we moved to Montreal, which I will always talk about because <laughs> I love it and miss it. I did Bumble, which is like a dating app oh my for friends. God. I'm not sure if it's still around, but I think there is actually one specifically for mums in your area because I remember thinking, oh, I wanted to do that before I had my mother's group. So online, look far and wide, it will be there, ladies. Is Bumble um, actually a dating app, I, though, or is it just for friends? No, I think it's both. And I did the friends one and I ended up meeting up with this girl because I'd moved there. I knew one person and thankfully like we, she introduced us to lots of people, but it's nice to have yeah. your own friends as well. And it was like a date, but like it was a lovely friendship and we don't keep in touch now. But when I was over there, it was beautiful and it was putting myself out there. It was being vulnerable, but I did it. So yeah, online platforms as well. So be creative. I, I'll try and look up the mum one because I remember mm. seeing it back in Melbourne. And I think if you, yeah. There's lots of different ways to do it, and so you can sort of scope people out before you well, meet think, them as well. Well, I think the COPE organisation, the Centre of Perinatal Excellence, which Dr Nicole Hyatt is CEO of, they have in every single state a thing called a Mama Tribe, and I've I've joined it. I was in it in Melbourne, and I'm in it in Tassie. They always have meetups and things like that. So I think there's another one like Mums mm. Who Wine. I've, I see that all the time, and I'm like, yeah, I need to get onto that one for Tassie. And if you're not a drinker, I'm sure there's other ones as yeah. well, like fitness yeah. ones. Okay, so, so that's steps yeah. two and three. We'd love to hear how you guys go with doing this and where you end up putting yourselves out and how you have these connections because you're not going to regret it. Like whether it's just a one catch-up coffee, oh, it didn't work out. Still, you got a good story to tell. And it gets you out of the house. Oh, yeah. For all those playing at home, and this is a side tangent, so my husband and I, we actually met online dating, RSVP, and, oh, my God, the amount of times that I turned up to dates just thinking, okay, it's all right. You're, you're, you're out of the house, you're having a meal with someone, like just get it done and like go home because this is just an absolute disaster. And there is a yes, good story to there tell Yes, there was always a later. good story to tell them <laughs> later. So, yeah. yeah, be creative. So step four is obviously to gather. Like you found those friends and you've made those connections at like, you know, a little community thing or something. Now's time to think about what you're going to do in your village and how you're going to gather now. Mika and I, I know you love this concept, and if we were in Melbourne, we would definitely be doing this. Joint cook-ups, I love that Mm. because to me, like one of the hardest things about motherhood is deciding what you're going to eat every single day, what you're going to pack in the lunchbox. Like, oh, it just... 
Eva's like, I think, week four or five into kinder. She's only going three days a week, but this whole lunchbox thing is driving me mad already. So buckle up, Mm. Renee. (laughs) But joint cook-up. So go over to someone's house. All the Mm. kids can come or not. And then like cook up like a huge big bunch of meals in bulk Put them ready to go, like in the fridge or the freezer, like a bunch of muffins, some soups, a casserole, or something like that. Divvy it all up. And then mm. that might be two or three or four days worth of food for everyone. Or freezer yeah. meals for emergencies. And like, you know, if it's yeah. a jam, have a wine while you're all cooking. And mm. things are always more fun when you're doing it with other people. Other oh my people. Gosh. Yeah, a little gas bag while you're doing the dishes and the cleanup is done. Like, yeah, I agree. My mum actually used to do that when we were little. So she would get two other girlfriends. We'd go to someone's house. One mum would watch all the kids and the other two would be in cooking and do a big cook up, big clean. They'd make their specialties, whatever it was, and then cleaned it all up, froze it, divvied it out, and it was done. I love it. And so the kids are taken care of. So it's being creative as well and it's thinking outside the box. But I agree, and I think it is just getting all those people together. I'd love to be cooking with you. Maybe we'll just have like a couple of weekends where I just jet across and we do that. Yeah, as long as it's not – I was just thinking, how would I bring that back to Tassie? As long as it's not fresh fresh food, um, if it's frozen, maybe I can bring (laughs) it back in. That damn airport beagle will get me. That beagle dog has been getting me for the past 12 years. (laughs) I've had – nuts in my bag like a week before and it just sits there and looks at me and wags its tail and I think oh god not again (laughs) but yes joint cook-ups I love that idea and like also Mm. maybe the concept of like sharing some babysitting in the sense of like hey bring your kid over I'll watch them for like an hour or two you go and like have a walk listen to a podcast or whatever it is and then the next week, change over, whatever it is. Just like, again, that's why you need to build that trustworthy relationship with them because I think the the end game is that you're able to trust this person with your child so you can have a break because everyone needs a break. All mamas need a break every now and then. And if you're not getting it, you know, from your partner because they're having to work you know, long hours, then think about how you can work something out with your village where you can kind of have that space and time for yourself. And so maybe that's like catching up at the park, playing with the kids to start with, like, you know, before you just yeah, leave yeah. with a stranger. Although I have to say like <laughs> second time round or, you know, even first time round when you're tired enough, it's like, yeah, you look all right, stranger <laughs> from the street. Can you mind my child? Don't just do a um, drive-by and like throw your child out of the car at the park be like, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> throw some shapes <laughs> and a bottle of water at them. <laughs> Gosh, can you imagine? Hey, I'm sure um, there are mothers, and I will be part of that group who wanted to do that at some stage. Oh my gosh, I feel like I want to be friends with mums <laughs> who want to do that. But yeah, it can just be as simple as a walk. If you know, you've got young babies in the pram, or a coffee, or even like sharing like a podcast. Like it doesn't have to be this one, but I, of course, we'd recommend it. You know, I listened to this. I thought you'd like it. Just all these little ways 
to sort of snowball that friendship, that connection, mm-hmm. that village. I'm actually, so with my mother's group as th- that village first time around, we used to do lots mm-hmm. of coffees and I would be the one. There's like a few, you know, some people are organised and some people are not yeah. and that's how the world works. So I was happy enough to try and do catch-ups and whoever could come on the yeah. day, great. And like you can't try and find a date that suits everyone because then it never happens. And that was pre-COVID, thankfully. But so we did that. That's how we all connected and bonded. And then we started doing mm-hmm. no kid things like mama's dinners. That's when the wine would come <laughs> for those who like to drink wine and different things like that. So start slowly. But I will say, so now after having Bubby number two, my mother's group, we're not seeing each other as much because lots of people have gone back to work after their second, we're at different stages. And so I, I have missed them. I miss that village because, you know, we're going through similar things. So I'm wanting to start a postnatal exercise mm. class with them either like once a week, either before they go to work, so up early, which, you know, unfortunately yep. we are anyway, up early with kids, without kids, or, you know, if everyone has a day off on the same day yeah. or a weekend, like Saturday mornings, bring the kids. We'll go to an oval with some weights and do some circuit training and the kids yeah. can all play in the middle or the kids stay at home with the partners or whoever it is that can mind them and we go for a walk and, like, that's our hour, hour and a half mm-hmm. of exercise talking outside fresh air so like you're getting all the things you know in that mental health physical health emotional like heart health all of it so and I'm going to suggest that to the group and see how it goes and if not we still do dinners every few months but I just want to see them more regularly and I miss them so I think this could be a thing I love that idea Drop in and we make did something work, similar so, when, yeah, of- like, you know, we were actually, this was one thing that we did during COVID. So we were obviously allowed outside of our house for like whatever it was, the hour or two, depending on which lockdown we're in. And so there was a group of us who decided that we were going to go to a new park every week. Mm. because the kids were getting bored and so were we, quite frankly, obviously within that, you know, particular radius that we were given. And so we were going to different parks and then we were <laughs> we were all getting there and because we didn't have access to gyms, we all said, okay, instead of sitting our asses down on the ground or like on a um, park bench, let's all come in activewear. The kids can play and we'll do like a little circuit and like even if it's just 15 minutes and then you know go get your coffees and have your morning tea but Mm -hmm. just 15 minutes of moving just made such a world of difference to everyone I really like that doing like a a, I used to call it a park crawl We're just going, but I discovered all these parks that I didn't know about, which were really, really lovely. And then, you know, Eva and I ended up visiting them by ourselves. So, a few other things I've got on my list. Uh, Also, maybe start a book club. You know, for some people, that's fun. Books are your thing, or like, you know, or like a podcast club. You know, oh, did you listen to that episode? What did you think about that? Have a chat about that because I know that for reading books for some people is quite challenging to have the time yeah get an audio book or something like that or like even if it's you know you have trouble getting out of the house at night for some reason or you're a single parent or your partner travels we could do like an online trivia thing with your other mother's group or your friends over zoom like there's lots of different ways to do it I will also say like our local community house did a postnatal exercise class, which I used to do and I met Mm -hmm. other mums through that and the timing of that now doesn't suit, which is why I'm wanting to organise my own. But I check out your local community house. Even if they do like 
painting on a Monday night and you can get to it or it's a postnatal class, we can bring the kids. Or like you said, let's go to the park and, you know, even if it's a park where there's an oval so the kids can be there, you can do laps of the oval, keep yep. your eyes on the kids. This is yep. going to benefit everyone. So get creative, get out there. And we're walking the walk, you can tell. So we've, you know, I've admitted to doing <laughs> Bumble dating for friends. I partner. love that. Before, but I was like, well, I can just sit here and not have friends or I can go yep. and try it. And you just, you know, I'm a richer person for having done it. And she was a lovely friend that I had over there. And I did it. It's also nice. Yeah, it's a confidence well, booster like, that you can yeah, put yourself 100%. out there. So. I love that. And then our last step, once you've done all that and you've conquered it, is to pass it on. Pass it on to another new mum. Have your eyes and your ears peeled, and kind of you know when someone joins the group, bring them into the village. Try and make it not as hard for them as it maybe was for you. And. I can definitely attest to that because when I moved here and I went to those launch into learning programs, <laughs> I think it was the it was the second it was the second one. Eva was sitting down at one of the tables doing play doh with this other little girl, and I was still I was for an extrovert. I was still very shy, but I think that was because I was just so mentally exhausted from that sudden interaction with people because, you know, we'd been locked down for like almost two years. And so being out of the house and meeting people and Mm. talking to people and actually moving around the community, I was very, very tired and obviously tired from moving interstate. But Eva did the talking for me and it was actually really beautiful because this little girl was sitting there and her mum was obviously, you know, near her and, And the little girl said, do you know that I'm having a birthday party in two weeks' time? (laughs) And Eva just turned around and said, can I come? And I was, like, gobsmacked. And I was like, oh, I was like, Eva, like this, (laughs) because I'm like, don't invite yourself to things. But she epitomised what it was to be vulnerable, to put yourself out there, to lean in and start to make those connections. And I looked at the mum as if to say, I'm so sorry, you know, like, don't even worry about it. And the mum looked at me and she said, oh, yeah, of course you can. And I was, like, gobsmacked and I was like, oh, my God, um, are you sure? And she was like, oh, yeah, we're just having it at the local park. Like, it'll be great. Like, definitely come along. And that sparked a conversation between her and I and I found out that she had done the exact same thing that we had done not eight months before. They were fleeing Sydney. Mm -hmm. And she obviously recognised that I was having a bit of a rough time And, you know, you exchange numbers and we did afternoon teas with the girls and, like, we set up all these play dates and everything and it just became this really beautiful friendship and it still is and she has been just, like, a wealth of value when it comes to connecting me with other people like we went to the we went to the birthday party and as soon as I was there she was like Renee I need you to come and meet this person this person this person this person and you know I've made some really beautiful friendships out of turning up to that party that my daughter Mm. invited us to so (laughs) I think it's really lovely and that to me is a really beautiful example of passing it on once you Mm. get inside that village 
Oh my gosh, I've, that is such a lovely story. And I've got two things I want to say and comment on with that is one, you know, kids do make friends so easily. And often I remember, you know, I've read as an adult, what, you know, it's so much harder as an adult to make friends. And I feel like we just put up oh, yeah. all these barriers. And I really believe it's just as hard as mm-hmm. you want to make it. And it can be just as easy as you want to make it. Like exactly the story you just told, that can happen. So even if you're just wanting to increase your social circle, you know, without kids or whatever it is, like you just need to, put yourself out there and do that. And you will meet people that are willing to do the same thing. And then I also wanted to say, yeah, I agree. Helping other people be the village for someone else, whether they're new or someone even in your village already. I found that by helping other people, like and I made lots of surprise, surprise mm-hmm. meals and cookies for my mother's group and different friends when they've had their second or third bubbers by helping others, one, it deepened our connection. I was so happy to do it, but I found that's just made us even stronger in terms of if I need them, they're there for me as well. And it's just this beautiful, you know, it's not like keeping score or anything like that. That's not what a village is. It's, it's just a symbiotic relationship. You want to help them. I feel like, yeah. Exactly. And they want to help you. And I just, yeah, I think that's, that's mm-hmm. a lovely thing to do because we've mm-hmm. all been there. Mm-hmm. We all get it, like, you know. And, yeah, and I think the only other thing I wanted to add is when ask for help and accept it when it's offered. Oh, I'm still struggling with that. Renee, well, I've been saying yes and I've been asking for help a lot lately because Mm -hmm. I've just had to, like with the move, the two munchkins, limited childcare for a while. So we we live now very close to two different sets of neighbours and they're retired grandparent age and they love the kids and they're always offering, you know, we didn't know them initially. So I was like, no, you cannot babysit them. <laughs> and now over time we're building up these lovely relationships. So it doesn't, your village doesn't have to be yeah. a mum with a baby the yeah. same age as you. It's so many things. And even just yesterday they took my son for a walk in the pram for an hour so I could run out and do fundraising drop-offs for the kinder. And it was just like I could have taken him, but they were happy to do it. They loved it. And normally like old Mika would have been like, no, Mm -hmm. I can do it all. Mm -hmm. I don't need help. Mm -hmm. I'm not weak. And I realised by saying yes, it actually is win, 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 win. They love it. They get this time with a bubba. Alice got beautiful walking time outside in the green and fresh air rather than being dragged around. It was so much easier for me to do it. And then when I got back to having time with him, I wasn't exhausted. I was like, you know, I missed him. And it's just little things like that. And I will ask them again. And they offer all the time. It's like, oh, am I getting too much help? No, you're a Never, 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 never. There's no such thing as too much help at at all. I mean, I... I went through stages where I was like, yes, I'm asking for all the help. I think when Eva was much younger, but, yeah, I'm still, I am still practising reconciling in my head that I need to ask for more help. Or the worst for me is when people offer, (laughs) like I'm happy to admit People offer things like, you know, we have grandparents come over here and look after Eva like a couple of days a week. And, you know, the offer of, is there anything you want me to do? Did you want me to hang out the washing or tidy up or whatever? Look, the house looks like a bomb because like, we're just like, yeah, we've got a child and we both work and all the rest of it. And in my head, I'm going, yes, please. And then the words come out of my mouth, which is, oh, no, 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 don't worry about it. Just, you know, no, you're doing enough by looking after her. And I like, I am almost having like this out of body experience Mm -hmm. with myself when I'm like, 
why did you say that? Because it just happens so, like it's muscle memory for me. And it's really interesting because I did it the other day and I walked out to the car because I was leaving to go for a meeting. And I actually like said out loud to myself, you idiot, Renee, like, Mm. what are you doing? And I got in the car and I went for my meeting and I came home and everything was done. Because I think they know, <laughs> I think they know me. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 like, no, 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 don't do anything. And then I came home and the place was spotless. And I kind of like had that moment of like, oh, my God, Renee, just be brave enough to say, yeah, I do need your help. That would be really lovely. Thanks. Because they're offering to do it. And you know, when you offer to help someone, like I personally really enjoy helping others. Yes. So I remember someone saying to me, when you say no to someone, you're actually denying them that enjoyment of helping and giving back, which is actually, you know, living is giving. We, that's a big thing for me. I love giving back, helping other people. And if someone, if you say no to someone, you're actually preventing them from being able to do that. So like our neighbors wanted to do that for me. Your grandparent, your you know, parents or parents in law wanted to do that for you. So I think by saying yes, it's not like yes, I can't do it all, I need help. It's like yes, and then they get the gratification of I helping know. you. So that's the way I've it, that helps me in my head to go, Yeah, I'll take some more help. Yeah, my mother in law often is like, I'll take your ironing. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it's just like one more thing I can't do or don't get around to doing. Ironing is like I don't know. So that's already off the list. <laughs> So, oh my gosh. Sometimes I say no, but I'm like, no, I'm going to start yeah. saying yes. Yeah. I'm going to start saying yes when no. it's offered. Or you can ask because worst thing, she'll just say, oh, no, actually I can't do it this week. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, totally fine. There's no oh, harm. Oh, so. yep. We're still practising. Still practising what we preach. So I think as a recap for everyone, building your village, step one, starts with you getting really comfortable with the idea of starting a village. Step two, finding like-minded mothers. And I think that was a really good point that you raised, Mika, in the sense that, like, they don't have to share all your philosophies and ideals. Like, obviously there's going to be, like, a particular barrier for people where they're like, oh, okay, you know, if they believe or if they say or if they do X, Y, Z, then no. Um, that would be like a friendship group type of thing. Step three, f- be creative. Find your find a few different ways and avenues that you can kind of build that village. Step four is actually doing it. So gather with them once mm-hmm. you've found them. And I think we've kind of highlighted a few really good examples. And, oh, God, joint cook-ups. I need to find <laughs> – I really need to find some people who are excited by cooking here. So um, we need to do a a joint cook-up here. And then lastly, passing it on, giving back to that community and village. So are there any other points that you kind of or comments that you wanted to raise? I'm just trying to think also. Any other lessons learned? Uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm hoping that through sharing some of our insights we've inspired you guys to put yourselves out there and have some fun with this and be creative and sort of think outside the box and hear the benefits of having mm. having the village. And, yeah, I just I actually have like a little quote, which is so <laughs> me. 
but I read it last night when I was making some notes about this and it was just, I think it's so true because like you, step one, we all just think, you know, we should, we feel like we need to be doing this alone, but it says, I would rather walk with a friend in the dark than alone in the light by Helen Keller. And I just think that's what my mother's group and my village has done for me both times when I've been in darkness, I've got friends rather than thinking, yep, I'm all good mm-hmm. on my own. And so that's that's sort of in a nutshell for me. So I think, yeah, and it's fun. Like it's fun to have a village. It's nice. It's it's just that extra support and, you know, you never know. Like I'm hoping to be friends with my village and mother's group mm-hmm. for a long time and new connections through the kinder and then through the school and, um, yeah, so good luck. Yes. All the best. Yell out. We'd love yep. to hear how you go. And Renee is going to tell us when she finds a <laughs> partner and we're just going to keep sharing and hopefully motivating people to get out there. But, um, yeah, it's definitely Absolutely. worth the investment. Absolutely. Yeah, DM us on Instagram at fillyourcup underscore and let us know your experiences, good, bad, and ugly. That's what <laughs> – as I said, it's kind of like dating. We want to hear about all the different experiences that you have. But I'm so excited that you're back, Mika. You are going to – this is a bit of a moonlight one for this episode and then I think you're going to have a few episodes off because you're not officially, officially, officially back, but then we're going to get you back back in Very the soon. hot seat. So, Yeah. Hope you all have a wonderful day, mamas, and take care of yourselves. Mm. Big Big love. love. Bye. Bye. If you loved this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a review. If you know someone out there who would also love to listen to this episode, please hit the share button so they can benefit from it as well. Thank you for listening to The Science of Motherhood. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Science of Motherhood. If you would like to contact us, we are at ifillyourcup.com or you can DM us at ifillyourcup underscore via Instagram. You can find all of our services, including our postpartum in-home care and our fill your freezer meal delivery service as well through both those channels. Thanks so much for listening.